Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Today, let's consider two current questions. First, have you been pawned? And second, what the heck is 5G wireless cellular service and is it really here? Perhaps these questions bear a bit of explanation. Let's start with the first one. What the heck does have I been pawned mean? And why does it matter? The term pawn, spelled P-W-N, originally comes from the world of online gamers. It means that an opponent has taken complete control over one or more of your battleships or lasers or whatever, and can do whatever he or she wants with it. Being pawned in this context is a humiliating experience. In the wider web world, the term has come to mean that some miscreant has taken control of information of value to you without your consent or often without your knowledge. This information can be a username, an email address, password, credit card number, or any piece of a wide range of other personal information. In other words, if you've been pawned, important personal information about you has been grabbed in some way or other and is probably for sale on the dark web to all sorts of nefarious types interested in robbing you through some form of identity theft. Against this background, we've recently found out that there are five huge collections of personal usernames in combination with passwords and other information that have become available for sale on the dark web. These records came from putting together info from the almost weekly data breaches that we hear about from hotel chains, large retailers, social media sites, credit bureaus, government agencies, and on and on. One collection alone appears to include data from over 2,000 breaches from the past few years. So, how many email names or usernames and passwords are we talking about in these five collections of purloined data? Pretty near 25 billion records. That's billion with a B. Now, clearly there are going to be duplicates in this huge cache, but even so, estimates are that collections 2 to 5 contain at least 2.2 billion, with a B, unique combinations of email names and passwords. Whoa, you may say. There's a pretty good chance that my email address and password, or that of someone I know, could be in those collections. How am I supposed to know if I'm at risk? A very fair question, and happily, there are ways to find out. They aren't totally foolproof, but they're pretty darn useful. To find out if our email addresses are in collection one, we can go to haveibeenpawned.com. To see if an email address or password shows up in collections two to five, try Germany's Hasso Plattner Institute at sec.hpi.de slash ilc. We'll put both links on the page for today's program. If you think your email or password isn't among the hundreds of millions of combinations that show up in these collections, you may be surprised. We sure were. So, suppose our names or passwords or other related info show up in one of these collections. What should we do? First, change those passwords pronto and make sure to use passwords, and this is really important, 
Use a different password for every website or web service that you use, period. Reusing passwords is one of the worst things that we can do on the web. If the password for one site gets pawned, that's bad enough. But if that one password lets miscreants into many of the other sites you use, that is big trouble. And, by the way, make those passwords a good deal longer than eight characters. Eight-character passwords, once the gold standard, no matter how complex they may seem to us humans, can now be cracked in two and a half hours tops. Try 12 or even 16 characters or more. On to the second question. A listener recently sent a note asking, what's the story with 5G cell phone coverage that we're hearing so much hype and counter-hype about these days? The answer is not a short one, but here's a very quick overview. First of all, 5G stands for fifth generation, which refers to the fifth generation of wireless cellular technology standards. 1G was the original standard for the analog cell phone system, 2G was for the first digital system, and so forth. Each of those generations had a separate set of international standards, and each successive standard was not compatible with the previous generation, thus requiring users to go out and buy new phones if they wanted to fully benefit from the new generation's features. Generally speaking, those features focused on bandwidth, transmission speed, and latency. That will be true with 5G as well, when it arrives. 5G will also allow many more devices to be connected simultaneously, a very important feature as the era dawns of cars talking with one another and everything in homes being interconnected, for better or worse, as we've mentioned on previous episodes. Note that we said, when it arrives. That's because true 5G is not yet with us. AT&T has drawn a load of flack for describing its cellular service as 5G-E, which, it turns out, upon closer inspection, stands for 5G-Evolution. 5G Evolution, AT&T explains when pressed, is really improved 4G, which will eventually feed into 5G. Other wireless carriers are suing AT&T about the description. There are a few very small 5G test networks operating in parts of a few large cities around the country, but none meet the full 5G specification. And interestingly, there are really no phones available yet that can take advantage of the full 5G specification. Bottom line, 5G is on its way, and it will be a very powerful new generation of technology when it does finally arrive, perhaps later in 2019 in select areas. But it sure isn't here yet. The hype, however, certainly is, and the big wireless carriers are promoting 5G like crazy, trying to get customers to sign up for when it does appear. And when 5G does appear, there'll be some important technical details to understand. When that time really comes, we'll do our best to put those technical details into understandable language for all of us, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. <music> <laughs>